This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes. October 1st. We smash it 10 yards tonight. A buck we call pickles. A south wind pushing us back to the zag. Better stand on our backs and sit down. Sit down and see what happens. You on it? Huh? Absolutely drilled in. And boom, he said, good buck. We'll get my buck, and then we're gonna go get homie's buck. It's been urban peace as hell. Got him. Pickles is dead. Kevin Gates, both kills on hanging hunts. My first public land buck. Nice work, dude. <laughs> Triple brow on the right. I'm digging that. Fucked out October 28th. Absolutely incredible season. Here we go. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, and I'm going to hit you twice saying that because <laughs> I said it when we had the guest on because I forgot that we didn't record an intro yet. Um, but appreciate you guys tuning in to the Whitetail Podcast, and that's what we're going to talk about today is uh, a little a little Whitetail, little Iowa versus Illinois. Um, we got our new friend Grant on. Um, shout out to Logan Sellers. Um, it's actually his buddy that reached out to us. And uh, pretty cool. He actually said that he wanted to reach us, out, reach out to us or something, and said that we mentioned on the podcast. If you guys need anything, like you need someone to talk to, something shit happened in your life, like we are serious. Do not. You got to have someone to reach out to and talk to, and we are those dudes. We're gonna shoot you straight. Listen to what you got going on. Try to help you out. 
probably not be able to give you the answer, but just talking it out with someone is probably what you need to do. So don't be afraid to do that. Um, and I know it's weird. You're like, I listen to these guys. I don't really know them, but we appreciate you enough for, you know, just listening to us that we'll be there if you need us, you know, we'll, we'll make it happen. Um, I was saying that I'm going to hear homie from homie first. Cause he's <laughs> way better on the messages. Like I, I don't, I don't see him. I don't look at my, my messages enough, I guess. And I got all the notifications turned off for all that shit. So homie's probably going to rip you first. I, and I'm going to come in second, you know, for the really, really the ground and pound coming in. You know? I was like, it might be a little choppy at first until get, you know, a little relationship established. But after that, man, like it's just another, yeah. another guy out here, you know? And yeah, another guy out here. Uh, but yeah, we, uh, we, Grant wanted to come on. Um, he's had some super good success the last few years, actually transferred to Iowa uh, to go to college and wanted to kill big bucks. So he decided, hell, I'll go to college in Iowa. Um, super cool guy, excited to start the friendship with him. And uh, he goes into some, some good stories, some good pointers in this one too, really from yeah. him, um, of what he's learned over the past few years. But uh, let's get into the people that make this possible. We're going to get in the show. What do you got over there? Uh, starting off with Last Breast TV, uh, this last weekend, Cody and I sat down on the nice leather love seat in the studio. <laughs> we, we actually did do that, but not really. Um, and we, we filmed their interviews for this upcoming season eight, um, deer season for you, you guys to watch that. So that has been filmed, uh, not yet submitted, but in the progress of process of combining everything. I, I got a video clip I'm going to show you from November of 2020 we were talking about pickles it's actually pretty cool uh we're in there scouting and uh you know also along with the last breath guys um sharing their codes for outdoor edge and underwarmer and i'll be dropping that in the show notes here yeah i i uh i was thinking about um, we're gonna have you know pickles whoopsie buck kevin gates and the missouri buck coming at you so four episodes on last breath this year um showcasing our our season um really excited for you guys to watch them they always do an awesome job you kind of got to see the brief the brief episodes and this mm -hmm. is kind of go kind of go more into the long the long depth story form of these bucks and what we did to get on them um and hopefully you guys enjoy it but uh, we uh we definitely enjoyed filming it and then uh put it together for you guys all right moving on to exodus trail cameras um, if you guys missed last week's episode, uh, breaking news, the guys are going crazy over there. And if you're new, I'm just going to start off with, they got a five-year no BS warranty, a five-year theft and damage coverage warranty, uh, best-in-class customer service. We've been using the Exodus Render for three years, maybe four, and it's just rock solid, guys. Like, you put the damn thing on the tree, takes the pictures, takes the videos, no doubt about it. And it's, gonna, and it's going to yeah. send you a status report at midnight to let you know oh, that things working. So, so that is that is one of the low key points of that trail camera that no one realized that they needed it until they had it. They're exactly. Like, oh yeah, still working. Got a status update. So yeah. what I'm here to tell you guys is Exodus Trail Cameras is running a unique saving opportunity to replace your old junky trail camera that's just laying around doing nothing with the Exodus Render. This upgrade program is only good for the remainder of April, and you guys need to head over to their website, use the code UPGRADE on their website. It's going to give you $75 off of an Exodus render 
or an Exodus render bundle. And while you're there on their website, go ahead and subscribe to the newsletter. Sometimes they send out some sneaky discount codes and um, also share some tips through email that way um, for the current time frame of the year that we're in um, as far as trail camera care or getting your cameras out, testing them, getting the firmware updated, stuff like that throughout the year that you might not think about. So be sure to do that. And um, they've also got some more really exciting news um, coming down the pipeline that we're going to be able to share here a little bit later. Yeah. All right. I got right on optics. Just mounted the uh, the one primal, the four by 12 by 50 on the old muzzle loader. Um, the old 50 millimeter, I thought she was going to be tight <laughs> on the barrel clearance. Right. She, she, she necked on there. Um, absolutely perfect. Looks, that's one thing about the scopes. Like, you know, you have a really solid lifetime guarantee scope that you're, it's going to get, you're going to get a brand new one. If it ever breaks, you break it, it breaks, but it also just looks damn good. Just clean. The, the package is clean. Yeah. The scope, the scope's clean. Um, they got that big thumb wheel dial on there, you know, the, you know, to go from four to 12. It's also the illuminated one. And I tried it out last night in low light and it, it makes a difference. Like if you're in a low light setting, um, that illumination actually makes a difference, which I thought was cool. Something I've never had on a scope. Mm -hmm. Um, it is an option. You don't have to use it. And then I also messed with the focal ring and kind of seen what I could do with that at different powers. Um, and that is also something I've never really utilized on a scope a bunch is a focal ring. Have you used that a bunch? Uh, I just had to Have set you? mine on the, um, when I got put mine on my gun last year, uh, just one, I just kind of set it and forgot it really. Yeah. I mean, you can, like, if you're on four power, it, 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 it you can make that thing crystal clear by rolling that focus ring because if you're on 12, you roll it the opposite direction, pretty much just like a camera focus, you know, okay. um, focus. And it, it makes a huge difference on that. And, uh, you know, having 12 power, I'm excited to see what I can do with that long range muzzle loader. Um, and like I said, hopefully one day we're killing a muzzle or a mule deer with it. And, you know, if we got to stretch out there and get out, you know, to get a big one, we'll, we'll feel confident with our equipment, you know, and, exactly. and I got something that's, I, literally mounted that scope and i told my wife i said last scope forever mount on this gun like this is the scope that i'm gonna have for the rest of my life and that feels good you know you, you spent the money you got it you got a quality american-made product and you're sitting there like okay i'd never have to buy this again you know it that feels really good on the illumination so, is it uh the crosshairs or do you have that center dot at the at the you can have both oh you can have really both center dot or the crosshairs yes oh, it has nice. like a has like a power to where it's dimmer and then when it turns up brighter it actually hit the crosshairs the too. Well, yeah right yeah on. like i said it's not something that i thought i would need or ever wanted but since i have it i was like i'm gonna try it in a low light and it's red and mm -hmm. it, it it made a pretty good difference you know if you're in a low light situation um i think it would it might be you know the sighting factor where you can okay i can see what i got going on you know um but like i could see it like if you're on coyote hunting and you had that thing on your gun oh, like yeah. that would be hella nice you know absolutely real real late coyote hunting or something that would be the ticket for that so <laughs> well you got the the 4 by 12 on the muzzle loader i don't know what the hell you got on the 270 but it's the last one going on that gun too yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the old three by nine yeah. don't know the brand 
Fang's got a left lean, but shit, she's she's the rocker. <laughs> it's not going. <laughs> I anywhere. did that thing out. What my buddy's like, you ever shoot your two seventy just for fun? I'm like, no, not really. I said yeah. every time I kill that, I, I shoot like one or two bullets. Make sure it's on, and then I kill something with it. It's, it's high like, hundred. Okay, we're killing. It's just, it's just dead on, you know. That's it. So, yeah. Um, finishing up here on the intro, guys. Uh, yeah. If you are looking for uh, new camo, we do have a code for a uh, pretty hefty discount here on Badlands, and uh, we can share that with you guys. And if you want to see it blend in really good, you can head over to our TikTok and watch me stand in front of a tree that looks really good with it blended in <laughs> yeah a lot of people are like what the hell yeah. how, how long did it take you to find that i'm like i was just like a quick google search and i filmed my first tiktok <laughs> with it on and it just happened to look <laughs> really good so um loving all the gear yeah. there nice fit and uh lifetime warranty there guys yeah i've seen that they got some new short shorts and pants and i shit did see too. that yeah i was like oh man i told my wife and said if i buy those pants those are lifetime pants <laughs> lifetime pants like imagine that you got a lifetime pair of pants that thing rips lifetime like just slap that right on the ass cheek lifetime you know what i mean <laughs> washer messes them up lifetime lifetime send them back you know what i mean like i might i might scoop grant had a pair of them they look nice as hell oh i really? might i might yeah, I might scoop a pair this this year, you know, um, when the when the stars align for us. So, but yeah, well, we hope you guys enjoy this episode. We enjoyed uh, recording it. This is more of a laid back kind of just ripping, talking about deer hunt. But like I said, there is some really good pointers in this episode, and uh, he kind of carries the same kind of traits that we use while hunting. Also, um, he mentions a lot of things that we have said on the the show, um, and kind of you know say, hey man, that's pretty solid that's that's kind of what i need to do or that's what i did so it's cool to hear cool to talk to your listener um if you are a listener don't be afraid to reach out if you have a question or anything like that we're always here um we are not professionals but we could probably talk to you long enough to let you know what we would do in that situation (laughs) it probably might not be right but hell at least you give you another another eyeballs looking at the situation and uh maybe help you connect the dots on something but we appreciate you guys listening and uh, let's get into the show. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes. We know you got two ear holes, but we're coming at you three deep, so you're going to have to squeeze in tight. We got Grant on the line, and we got Homie. How you guys doing tonight? Pretty good. How are you? Doing good, man. How you doing tonight, Homie? I'm just out here surviving, man. Another day done. Nice. Nice. It, for people that don't know, Grant got the full recap of how we normally start a podcast. <laughs> Nothing goes wrong. We'll talk for 32 minutes before we start. Hit the record button. 83 things that mess up before we get the first three minutes recorded. <laughs> I don't know how long we've been doing this, but still ain't worth a shit at it. <laughs> just, just classic WOP shit show. Like, yeah, if you don't expect that as a guest coming on... I mean, yeah. I don't know. Your expectations are too high. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Keep, it, keep it real. No. Yeah. I'm like, man, this is like a legit podcast. I got to prepare myself. And they get on. They're like, this is some podunk bullshit over here. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I'm wearing a purple plum hoodie. I've already been called out on that. <laughs> Thank you. This, Thank you. I'm tough, okay? Just letting you know. You are tough. You all are right. tough. Yeah. All right. All right. All right, Grant. Uh, appreciate you coming on, man. Short notice tonight. 
um, appreciate you messaging us and uh, reaching out uh, to come on the show. Um, but let the listeners just give a brief description of who you are and what you do. Yeah, so my name is Grant Watson. Uh, I'm originally from northern Illinois, just outside of Winnebago. Grew up there uh, on my family farm and got into hunting when I was 10 with my dad. Shot my first deer with a bow when I was 10 and uh, kind of been addicted ever since. And as high school uh, went on and stuff like that, I got more into hunting and knocking on doors and stuff. And then uh, I came to Iowa State in the fall of 2018 and been here ever since going to college. Uh, shooting some bigger deer and a lot more better deer to chase out here, but it's been an interesting grind to say the least. And just been pretty fortunate along the way. Did uh, did you shoot a deer your first year with a bow? Uh, yeah. So my first year hunting by myself, I shot this five point buck on October 30th, and uh, I actually shot it with an arrow I found on the property. I just pulled it out of the grass. I was like yeah it shoots pretty straight and so i shot this deer and it was awesome i was hooked i thought it was like a big buck running through the woods you know chasing some does and stuff but it was a blast and then as high school we've all been there like, we've all been there i mean I'm, yeah. I, yeah i'm still look, there at some point they look a lot bigger when you're like in the moment and then you're drawing back and Bro, stuff like I, that. I, I made a huge mess up last year i didn't even every time i look at the deer i'm like what <laughs> what what happened oh yeah i yeah. had one of those oopsies but it's yeah. it's a learning experience yeah it is yeah and then i uh we run a bunch of trail cams and i got a buck we call it chips and dip and uh i was like real excited to you know see him and i was thinking man he's high 40s 50s i got the shed i'm like but this isn't even the same deer. And I double checked. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's the same. Man, the, the, sometimes the trail cams just, you just make them bigger in your mind on the yep. trail cam. And I, that, you know, and it, it blows me away when you actually get the shed in your hand. You're like, oh, man, this is not not as big as I thought. So, but that's good, yeah. you know, good to know. Now I know, like, I've made the mistake and I can kind of look back and say, okay, this deer is probably 15 inches smaller than I actually think it is, you know, and and go from there yeah i kind of look at their ears and then i figure their ears like seven inches long or so and then try to guess or whatever and to me it don't really matter i just i run like 50 trail cameras and uh and then uh i just try to find the biggest buck that i can uh lately and then try to find the biggest buck that's killable like there's some deer you know you get their two pictures of them and you're just not gonna it's not worth the the time and the sits i mean you might sit there for 10 days you know and the one day you don't sit there that's when he's gonna walk by so i try to hunt the more killable deer or something yeah, we've talked about that multiple times this off season that's something that we're kind of transitioned last year instead of everybody wants to kill a giant like i mean and we have you know we both killed really solid deer but there's just deer that are like really killable and then there's deer that you want to kill but are just like hard as hell and yeah i feel like the hardest hell ones are the ones that you put more effort in because you want to kill them but yeah you could put half the effort in and kind of take some of the gravy off the top on some of these easier bucks and if you run enough trail cams like we do you can find those easy bucks like mm -hmm. i feel i feel like next year one of us is going to kill a buck we call trailer park he's just like 
ready for the picket, man. Yeah. You know, he's just one of those bucks that's just like they're ready to go. You know, he's daylighting multiple times. Oh yeah. Easy access. Like we know how to hunt him. We know where he was all year. He probably daylighted eight or ten times on trail camp. Like, I Oof. mean, and you're like, okay, yeah, and and he's got the potential to be really something special next year. So I'm excited to but like you said, there's bucks that, and then you got buck we call West Side. We talked about a lot on this. Oh yeah, there's just like, I'm here, I'm cool, I'm gone for three months, I'm back. Like it's just, it, it, I, he's there for seven days in a row, then he's gone for a month. So you're like, there's no pattern. This deer has no pattern at all. He just does whatever the hell he wants, whenever he wants. So, yeah, I was chasing this deer this year, and uh, I actually found the deer sheds on public land. Uh, just outside Ames here. I got him behind me, actually. Uh, and I uh, I called him the flyer buck, but I found these sheds on uh, public land. Nice. And then, uh, I didn't hunt them. I actually found his sheds before I checked my trail cameras and realized he was there. And then uh, two years ago in 2020, he blew up. I mean, he was pushing probably 190, 195. And then uh, I ended up shooting the deer behind me, uh, sickle head that I was chasing. And uh, so I never even chased this buck. I called the flyer buck. And then this year I chased him. But I did the bullshit sets. I was like, oh, you know, these guys are killing. I got to be out there. And I was just wasting my time. If I would have if I would have waited till like the middle of November, I would have probably had a chance to shoot him. I mean, he daylighted quite a few times. He got smaller this year, but. He ended up getting shot by the neighbor, I'm pretty sure. He was like, yeah, I don't know. He had to bend over 170 inches as a nine point. He was like 23 inches wide. It was just crazy. Wow. But, isn't, isn't it crazy? Oh, like yeah. in the moment of like the season, you're like, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to dedicate, you know, this next two weeks to this buck chasing him. And then, you know, yeah. we, Cody and I have said it on here about chasing Magnum, West Side, um, you on this flyer buck. Like now you're looking back on it, you're like, God, that was – that was kind of a dumbass move. Like I just wasted all that time when I could have actually went out there having a little better hunts going on. You know, it, it's just crazy to look back and be like, man, that's probably not what I should have been doing. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like as in college. So I've been hunting out here, uh, well, all four of my years. And so my goal was to finish my Iowa state hunting career sort of with a pretty big buck. And so I was chasing that flyer buck and it, the property sets up hard to hunt cause there's a lot of valleys and like, you know hills down here by the river and so i walked like i was hunting them as like my 15th sit or something for this deer and i walked into the woods early and uh one morning and a doe blew and i said screw it you know today's november 4th last year at this time a big eight pointer showed up maybe he'll show up again so i just drive down the road to a different property and luck has it the eight pointer that I ended up shooting this year uh walked by at 20 yards I didn't even think it was him. I didn't even, I grabbed my bow, but I didn't even draw it. He walked 20 yards right through my shooting gap and I couldn't believe it was him. <laughs> so I ended up moving my stand and I shot that deer three days later. And I never once had trail cam picture of that buck this year. And I shot him and he was on 10 acres with four trail cameras and he avoided them all. Wow. And I chased, I chased the deer last year with my muzzle loader in late season. And, uh, the neighbor actually found the shed and I got in contact with him a couple weeks ago, but yeah, that was just luck of it. I said, you know, 
if the deer are blowing this big buck, the flyer buck, you know, he's going to know I'm there before I, like he even knows, you know, I even know where he's at. And so I ended up just kind of lucking out and shooting that as like a 150 inch eight pointer. So I was pretty stoked on that. <laughs> yeah. That's hard to beat. I shot a 141 last year and I'm like, man, this thing is solid. Like you get <laughs> yeah, that big of an eight. Yeah, 130 yeah. inch eight pointer solid. Like, yeah, 130 inch deer is solid. Yeah, I think any 130. I'm like, ah, I'm on. The, I'm like, oh, it looks pretty solid, man. <laughs> if it's a t- if it's a 130 10 pointer, no question. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm just like still right there. I'm like, that's oh, look pretty good. It's looking pretty good, but yeah, it's yeah. just that's tough. But yeah, uh, go ahead. Props to you for like, all right. This is just a shout out to any person that's on the edge of going to college. If like if you're a deer hunter, Iowa's a pretty damn good choice. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. I mean, so growing up in Illinois, you know, I can pay the same amount of money to go hunt in Illinois, or I can pay out of state tuition, which is slightly a little bit cheaper than Illinois in state tuition, and come and hunt big deer. And Iowa State, you know, people ask me why'd you come to Iowa State and there's there's two reasons and one's the career fair. They have like good, you know, employment opportunities. And so I had an internship, you know, all four years of college and I'll graduate with a full-time job. And then two, I mean, deer hunting, like I want to go chase big deer. And, uh, when COVID hit, you know, it just gave me all the more freedom to go do that. So I, yeah, I spent God. so much time. I mean, it's probably stupid how many hours, like, I can't remember what I got taught today in class. And you could pick a shed up out of the pile of like that's behind me, and I could tell you exactly where I found it. Like, I just it's just consumed my life and stuff. And but yeah, I mean, if anyone's listening and they're thinking about going to college, you know, we don't, you know, I mean, we all want to keep our private spots, but in reality, Iowa has a lot of public land, and I don't know, I just it feels more homey here than Illinois, at least. And they don't sharpshoot deer like where I grew up. You know, they just killed the deer herd in northern Illinois. But mm-hmm. Yeah, so. they, they did that a while back down here. And uh, they were giving out – one of the publics opened up, and it was just phenomenal. And they gave out, like, 50 or 60 tags, you know, and just they just wipe it out, you know. But the farmers are like, we got to do something because they're eating all the crops. But, yeah. I mean – I mean, they eat uh, quite a bit, but man, yeah. farmers are scooping right now. Like, yeah, you don't even wipe out the deer herd because of of that, you know. So, raccoons yeah. do more damage in July yeah. to corn than deer do probably all year, you know. Yeah, and nobody traps coons anymore. You know, nobody yeah. does anything with those. We need some. That's what we need. They need to hire me. My kids would just be sharpshooter coon hunters. Would drive yeah. around at night. In the summer, and just hammer coons. There you <laughs> like, go. I just love it. Pay me like five bucks a coon. I'll smash. <laughs> <laughs> I will eliminate the coon population around here. I'll call like four buddies. We'll be set. I know like, a couple good spots. We got we got four thousand coons. Pay up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Sign the retirement check. fund right there. College yeah, yeah, right there. yeah. But no, yeah, it's been a great journey. So. I came out here and started knocking on some doors. First year, I didn't really knock on that many doors. I ended up shooting a like a hundred and twenty-seven inch buck on like the sixth. It was like the sixth of October. <laughs> I just launched an arrow. Bad idea, but I let it fly. It hit this deer, smoked it, and uh, and then after that, I kind of got more into it, you know, and knocking on more doors and stuff. And probably what 
while I've been here, I've probably knocked on over a hundred doors and you get told a lot of no's, but I look for like smaller properties that most people like overlook or just like, you know, out of the way places and stuff like that. And so even though I go to Iowa state, like there's a lot of college hunters. So you have to go without, like you have to drive at least an hour to avoid the college traffic in my opinion and stuff like that. But I've been able to get some like pretty, pretty awesome spots. I've invited Logan sellers to come out here. It, if you guys ever draw a tag, you're more than welcome to come out and hunt with me. Cause I love taking people out. <laughs> nice. But, yeah. We, we, uh, we love Logan, man. He's, he's invited us up a couple times and made us pass bucks on his property. Uh, so pretty, pretty good time. He sleeps in the blind and then, Oh, look at my buck, bro. Let, let's let him grow another year. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I know. Let him grow another year, but, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to guarantee you he'll listen to this, but we love you, Logan. Um, one year we're going to kill a buck up there. It's going to be legendary. It's going to be absolutely yeah. legendary. It'd be the whipsy yeah, buck too. Logan buying some food plot seed. And that's how I got to know him. And I was like, whoa, this guy's got some big deer on the wall. There's just like European mounts all over and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then I've, I've been in contact with him since. And so I, uh, this deer behind me, uh, he's turned right now. But anyways, uh, the day I shot him, you know, I called, like Logan called me up. He's like, dude, tell me all about it. And uh, this deer I call Sicklehead, I chased him. And uh, I was chasing him and another buck I called Red Rock on the same property, except Red Rock was like 200 inches. And then Sicklehead showed up in the middle of uh, like September, right as they're about to strip out of velvet. I go, whoa, who's, you know, who's Red Rock's friend? This is a pretty big deer. And I ended up seeing that deer three times before I shot him. I had him within 50 yards twice. Uh, and then uh, the yeah, no, I had him at 50 yards the one time, and then he was at 100 yards, and it was cool. Uh, he locked up in the valley with another deer, and it just echoed. It was the coolest thing ever, and then I ended up shooting him on November 2nd, 2020. Shot him at 70 yards, and I go to draw back. He's coming in, so I turn on my camera. You know, I've never filmed a hunt in my life, and this is the one film. You know, I'm filming this $5 raccoon as it walks by, you know, and- <laughs> And that sort of thing. And I look up and I see this rack and I go, oh, that's probably Sicklehead. And then it, when he turned and I saw his brow tines, I knew it was him. And he comes in and he's at seven yards and I go to draw back and my arrow fell off the string. And I just couldn't believe it. And so I go to let down and my bow hits the camera arm. So now he's looking at me, bobbing his head, but he can't see me really because uh, the sun's shining directly at my back. I mean, I don't know how that deer didn't bust me. And I said, screw it. I'm either going to, this deer's going to run off out of my life, or I'm going to let down, try to grab my arrow without it falling to the ground. I'm just going to shoot him straight in the chest. I'm just going to put it right where I think it's hard is. And so I drew back and I let her sail and shot him right through the chest. And he ran still like 120 yards and I hit him right in the heart too. And that was pretty cool. So I got third place at the deer classic with him this year for archery typical and then yeah then i shot uh i shot my bigger buck this year my eight pointer i called big bud and so it's just been a blast i mean there's i've i'm more into shed hunting now so uh i had a bad year this year i only picked up like 32 horns um but the last couple years i've picked up like 40 42 
and stuff like that and just driving and putting on the miles i just i just rolled over a uh, 110,000 miles on my truck. I've had it for two years. Right, so I put, <laughs> I put 50,000 on it since I bought it. My parents are, you know, yelling at me. What are you driving? I go hunting every day, mom, you know, dad, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't believe it. And then I'm like adding up the gas that I've probably spent. I'm like, Holy smokes. I could have probably paid for a couple more semesters. Right. <laughs> but whatever. So. The sheds are worth it, man. Yeah. Uh, is the Red Rock, is that a Lane Frost? Is that a Lane, yeah. Lane Frost? Oh, man, yeah. that's a solid name. I heard that. Yeah, I was like, dude. yeah. That's I know. A- the deer was solid, too. He was like, I can send you a picture. He had like 18 yeah. points, a small dropper, and, uh, man, he disappeared. But, like, I don't – so I don't send out trail cam pictures. And uh, there's this kid I know that I've come friends with for, through social media, and he's down at the Bass Pro down in Des Moines. And – uh I was like, oh, yeah, you get any pictures? You know, this is last year. I was like, you get any pictures of big deer? He's like, yeah, I was chasing this 200-inch deer on public land. He shows me this picture of Red Rock. And I go, what public land are you hunting? Like, now I'm, like, getting defensive. I'm like, you know, what the hell? This deer ran two miles, and he was down at the public within, like, a day. He was down there, and he was was running on the public and stuff, and it's just crazy, but – Sicklehead it ended up staying around there and then uh but yeah, Red Rock was kind of a once in a lifetime. Kind of with the flyer buck, but yeah. whatever. Pick and choose. It's a, one of the that's top ten names I ever heard for a buck. That that that's one of my top ten movies of all time. So I've never yeah. thought about naming one. I'm kinda jealous now that I don't have a red rock to chase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd be you you can re, you can name one Red Rock. In the future, just make sure you shoot them first. <laughs> I name them like physical therapy. That's what I. <laughs> yeah. Not very cool, but it has a meaning just to me. <laughs> yeah. No, I uh, named uh, I named Big Bud like his name like four days before. Actually, the day I saw him in person, I was like, "Man, I need to come up with a name in case I shoot that deer." Yeah. We watch a bunch of YouTube and we're watching those Big Bud trackers. I'm like, "No, oh, that's what I'll call him because he's just wide and short and heavy and nice." That's cool. So this this one question I wanted to ask you. Um, we know the shed hunting in Iowa is like ridiculous compared to northern Illinois or where we're at. But is the deer hunting like legitimately that much better? Because I watch like guys in Iowa and people go to Iowa, like when Moose went to Iowa and we were hunting at the same time. He's like, I seen seven shooters. I'm like, What? I said, no, it's forking horn, bro. <laughs> yeah, so like Growing up in northern Illinois, you know, people are like, oh, you know, oh, deer's only 130 inches. But honestly, like, if you're – you can't kill a 200 if there's not a 200 to kill, right? And so, like, that was my whole thing is, like, growing up, we didn't have those – the caliber of deer that I was shooting in high school were the biggest deer that I knew of in my area, other than, like, private land people. Um, But, yeah, and and all the hunt uh, properties I hunt in Iowa – are all permission properties. I do not pay a dime for nothing. And, uh, uh, but yeah, no, the pro uh, the hunting is that much better in Iowa. I mean, if you throw up a fence, a trail camera on a fence post in Iowa and it's like relatively near deer habitat, you're going to get pictures of 140 inch deer. Like my roommate came out and uh, he shot a deer where I, sh- I shot big bud and his first deer was 140 inch 13 pointer. And uh, I actually got that on film too. It was cool. We we're he's right above me and shaking, but no, yeah. Like last year, 
last year I had pitchers of 10 bucks that were over Boone and Crockett. Two of them are 200 inches. And then this past year, I don't know if it was because more deer got shot in like COVID, but this past year I only had one buck that was over Booner. Um, a couple of deer like disappeared and then a couple of them went backwards, but yeah, there's we had some a like deer. homies buck got smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We've seen a couple other deer that we thought were really going to blow and um, exactly. they didn't, they didn't grow much. And we thought like, okay, it's a wet spring. The, our, all our food plots were like insanely good. I'm like, oh yeah, we're going to have a, a good year. And really nothing but absolutely like blew up giant you know no it was it was the opposite here we had a drought so like i was taking down stands on public land and this guy's like hey man you want a beer i'm like no i don't want a beer like like dying out here it's like 100 degrees (laughs) and he stands up and walks across the des moines river to hand me a beer and i just (laughs) can't believe like the river is empty but yeah we had a major drought and thankfully ehd didn't hit but yeah like homies buck you know like the deer I was chasing, they just didn't make a jump. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why. Now, one other question. Do you got do you get mass and tine length where you're at? Or is it one or the other? Uh you get both. I don't really both. know if I have I was like, gonna say uh, we don't get both here. It's like yeah. chunky, short tine, or really spindly big ass long time it's like you can't have both best of both worlds it's literally no. possible yeah i got a pointer over there that's another a pointer. it's like 140 and uh he's got like 12 and a half inch g2s and he's got pretty good cocaine bases but like some that. of them some of the deer are tall and some of them are like skinny i don't know but i got that 180 inch shed homie that's the only one that i got that's got mass and timing mm-hmm. from this year no yeah, from ever, from ever shed hunting, like oh. that has both. Like I'll find good sheds, but they're either like spindly and long time, or or they're real chunky and they got like nine inch twos, you know, or eight inch twos. They don't have like twelve inch twos with like five and a half inch bases. Like it's hard to have oh, both, yeah. you know. And yeah. I didn't know if Iowa had enough to push it over the edge because I don't that's like all of our deer how they get high scoring here is they got to have a shitload of points like we don't yeah that's we just got to find deer that have a bunch of points and yeah, that that's that's that the way ain't... that you we get to the 190 like oh it's a 17 pointer you know like oh, oh okay yeah that yeah. makes sense he's got a good frame but he doesn't have shit time length you know that's yeah. normally what it is yeah the uh like the eight pointer shot this year he had short beams which like hurt his score, but yeah. his time length was pretty amazing. And I don't know if you've seen the pictures, but I mean, he's got mass too. And I mean, he's just everything you want out of a deer, but I feel like it depends. Like if you're hunting around Ames and like the Boone area, uh, which is just West of here, then like the deer like have mass and they're like medium sized times or they're really tall and spindly. Or if you go, like, further west, then I feel like they just get, like, taller, but not, like, the mass just, like, stops. Like, it's a different genetic pool and that sort of thing. But I found a couple of good, like, genetic pockets that are, like, oh. Yeah, we talk about that on this show all the time. There's there's genetic pockets where it's really, really good around here, and then there's spots that they just ain't there. And we found leases that were, like, it's really close to the good shit, 
but it's just not there's decent bucks on there but there's no giants you know and you're like there's no reason there's a giant over here there's a giant over here (laughs) we're in like a triangle but there's a line where there's no giants giants don't pass this line you know and it just it it just seems to be that way and i can literally draw a line on the map here to here is solid you get too far this way not so good but i feel like we've said it on here i feel like anywhere around where we live you should have a 140 150 to chase at least you know somewhere you know but there's there's quite a few like out here yeah i know i I know every time i watch someone in iowa or see someone go to iowa they share trail cam picks i'm like damn dude these guys there's bucks everywhere out there man and yeah and moose was trying to tell us how crazy because he's hunting like mountains and shit where he's from and oh yeah just completely he's like dude it's a complete he's like i'll rattle in three or four bucks at a time i can't tell you the last time i rattled in a deer like when i was on tina's i used to rattle in a couple but i haven't rattled in a buck in years they just don't respond i I haven't rattled in a buck in years i called in the eight pointer shot this year with a doe bleat because i just needed him to give me like i just he was at a Y. I needed him to come down the right side, and he did. That was his was it the can? Was it the can, or was it the bleeder? It was the extinguisher. That's, oh, that's what I, I wish it was the can. <laughs> I'm going to no. bring back the can. I know. No. Shout no, out to Brian. Uh, what, what did he say? The 12, 12 bleats uh, uh, a minute? Or 100, 120 bleats a minute. <laughs> that's a good <laughs> can. Didn't do 120 bleats a minute. That's a solid can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there was oh. this. There was a nice four-year-old this year. I was watching up in uh, northeast Iowa, up in McKee County, and it was a four-year-old. I got one of his sheds, and he was probably pushing 170 inches, but he just had mass and time length. And I was like, "Oh, if he lives, and I think someone shot him because I haven't seen I haven't seen him since." Uh, but I mean, there's some big deer around him. I'm telling you, if you come out to Iowa, like if you guys ever draw a tag, I'll be out here if you need to come hunt. But it's a it's a whole different thing, and like you might as well the good thing is is like you're only allowed one buck tag as an yeah. archery so it's not like in illinois where you know oh i shot a buck yesterday and he's like of lesser caliber now let me go shoot something and hold out bigger it's like mm-hmm. you know you got to make sure you count it right but the good thing about iowa's yeah you can do like early muzzleloader season right in the middle of october like leading up right before the rut and so i might do that this year but i always hunt like late muzzleloader and then um Seems like That's a lot of thing. people have success that late muzzleloader. I, yeah. Every year, I'm like, damn, I wish we had that going on right now. Like, our food plot was on fire. Yeah, it's like a month long. Time. Yeah. Our yeah. food plot was just insane. I'm like, damn, like, late muzzleloader, we'd be smashing yeah. over there. And I think a lot of people do kill late muzzleloader. Yeah, yeah I, I sat and you know, most of the nights I sat this year, I'd see, like, 40, 50 deer a night. <laughs> and it's just it's just crazy because then you're you're waiting for the big ones that made it through. But Iowa does a lot of shotgun hunting, and they do a lot of deer drives, which I'm not a fan of. But, I mean, yeah. you're entitled to do your own things or whatever. But I, I late muzzleloader hunting. But uh, their shotgun season is pretty good too. But So, I mean, yeah, if they make it through shotgun season, that's the way to kill them is late muzzleloader. Yeah, I just but, put the new long-range scope on the muzzy. I'm ready to let her eat, see see what she's got. 
there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. so talking about but, the muzzleloader seasons and, um, you know, archery up in there, uh, on the outside looking in, so like from our Illinois perspective, looking at Iowa and, you know, just a lot of our friends think the same thing is like, Iowa's really got it going on. You know, you got the one buck tag, uh, you guys can do some out of state, um, supplementation and, yeah. you know, your gun seasons later, um, where ours is kind of more around rut activity. Um, yeah. so as far as like you and your buddies or people that you've ran into out there on public do, is there anything that like the consensus wants to change about any of the regulations in Iowa or anything like that? Uh, not so much. Like, I guess like the biggest thing I think some of my friends want to change is like the deer driving. Cause like people are taking shots at deer running and stuff like that. And, uh, but otherwise I think most people are happy with it. You know, I think when we all shoot a deer and it's October, or like the beginning of November, you wish you had another archery tag in your pocket. Mm. But if you're yeah. a landowner, then you can get, you can shoot like three bucks, you know, you can do, you can pull a landowner's tag and archery hunt. So, but, uh, looking from like Illinois perspective, I mean, Illinois would be much better if they, backed up their gun season and that sort of thing i mean our deer breed you know all the way through some of the biggest trail cam pictures i get of big deer are like right before thanksgiving and uh it seems like every big buck is like still on their feet if they're still alive and uh and like illinois i guess i didn't really see that as much because like the gun season's like that second or third week but the good thing is, is about iowa too is like they don't they're not sharpshooting the deer so there's there's more you know there's just more deer hitting the ground and stuff and i always had this theory because you said you guys hunt a farm next to a hog farm right mm-hmm. and the deer cats smell i my theory was is that illinois northern illinois used to have a bunch of hogs and they used to have a bunch of big deer but then they got rid of the hogs and the big deer seemed to disappear i think there must be something in that hog shit that's making the deer <laughs> 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 these things are fucking big you know i mean like Illinois needs to get some hog barns going again or something yeah. like that. But I don't know. And like you were saying how the scent carries, you know, like that. I uh, like, there's been times where I've come really close to wearing my like choring clothes to the stand because they wouldn't be able to smell my human scent over how bad those hogs smell. Yeah. But, like yeah. you're sitting in the stand and like when you walk first walk out there, it's like, it's bad. You know what I mean? And yeah. then you're sitting there for a while and you can't smell it. But you know yeah. that this, you're, you know, you're so overloaded, you would assume yep. that they couldn't smell as good. But we just lost all our pigs. The guy quit quit raising pigs. So hopefully that is not a true statement. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shit. <laughs> the deer just start dwindling. We're like, damn it. Grant was right. He was right. I'm going to have three hog farms on that property just out there letting them <laughs> I was, I was gonna say you, you see me carrying around a piglet, just mind your business. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are you doing? Mind your own business. Shit for my food plot, yeah. bro. What are you thinking? Got yeah. to grow giants out here. <laughs> yeah, and then just... another thing to touch on is you brought up the mineral thing. So, like, uh, I usually don't do it, but sometimes, like this year, I did, and I pour out corn like once season closes. And it's really good way to like find out which deer made it through and stuff. And then once you start feeding them, they'll, you kind of need to carry them to spring. So that can kind of add up as a college student. But um, I did it for the shed antlers and that sort of thing. But in the summer months, I put out mineral 
uh, year round. I don't put out my, uh, well, I put out mineral in the summer and then I start back up once the season closes. And then I don't put out my cameras till like the middle of July or August. Like I always wanted to put my cameras out like early and watch them grow through June, you know, to July. But then you're, you're getting pictures of these deer in June and then you just go back and delete them because you know, you got a better picture of them in July. And then the biggest tip of advice that I've like come across is just, just, if you know the big deer's there, just go ahead and hunt them. Like, don't worry about checking the trail camera or like making a separate trip. Um, just because like your time's so limited as a student, you know, especially with clubs and organizations and then, you know, classes and that sort of thing. And then having fun with your friends. So, I mean, I kind of check my trail cameras like once a month. Once I kind of figure out what's there, I don't bank on a rut buck showing up. If a rut buck yeah. shows up and they're big, I'll shoot them. But, uh, or like that eight pointer I knew like this year, you know, like I relied on last year's information to shoot that deer. Yeah. That's a good tip, man. That's something that we, we check a lot of trail cameras like at night in the pitch black, like yeah. an hour after we got done hunting, you know, cause we're, we're like, okay, we're all the way back in here. Um, we're hunting tomorrow, but let's take an extra. We normally like ditch our shit and then basically start walking and pull cameras and try to get an idea of what we got going on or we'll pull them on the way in to go hunting. But there's very times in season where like, we're like, yeah, let's just go run all of our trail cameras. It's just too hard. Like you said, you're so limited on time. Like there's a reason you need to be on that property. I think homie's done it maybe once or twice. Um, but I like you said, I don't think there's anything that really like changes the the intel that you get isn't a fat like a heavy heavy factor on where you hunt because you already kind of have an idea of where you want to go anyways. Yeah, and, and, I would and say, if your stands are already like preset, like me, like you know, so I have a, one of those like electric bikes that I got from my dad. So I just zip around real quick on the fuel edge or something like that, and it cuts down my drive time. But to go deep in the woods where my stands are, like I've already picked out. I've already put in the time this time of the year to like shed hunting. I picked out the tree, my stuff, my stuff's like set. So the next time I go to that spot, like I just climb in and hunt. And if I know the deer's there, like that trail camera is not going to like give me that extra. Like if he's like, I have a couple cell cameras. And so, you know, if he's showing up, like that's one thing, like regular, like, oh, I need to be in there and kill him. But as a college student, like you either, you either have like a time to hunt or you don't. And when you have the time to hunt and the conditions are right, then go in there and, you know, do it. But otherwise, I mean, you're just kind of, like, wasting time. But, yeah, this year when I was chasing that flyer buck, I hung a stand at, like, 1030 in the dark, raining. I was like, I'm going to wash my scent away, check all these cameras. And it was all for nothing, but Mm -hmm. it was fun. I would say we, we usually got a mobile cam somewhere in the vicinity of a, a spot that we want to hunt. Um, really going in to check like a red cam would be only if um, usually we put those in like an easier spot because we actually physically have to be there. And un- unless it's a spot that um, we think something might be going on and we need to get some intel there because it's, you know, a 50-50 shot if we want to go there or somewhere else that we know like is for sure going to be a good hunt you'd be like oh well hey we haven't been over here to this cedar tree cam and pull it yet to see if anything slip it up in there and just like you said like there's gonna have to be something on there pretty regularly for us to go back in there and and hunt 
but we usually got mobile cam and a better plan on something else. And going in there yeah. and just pulling, we still got pulling a red cam. Is, we yeah, still got shit out that hasn't been checked since October. Yeah. Still out. <laughs> yeah, that's and I was what... like, people are running their cams so frequently, and we just got shit out there like, damn it, we got to get those <laughs> eventually. <laughs> and, you know, they're just, they're probably not on right now. Like, they're, they're no. the battery's got to be dead, you know what I mean? But no. they're just out there chilling, probably stolen more than likely. One of them, one of them's got a real good shot. The one, mm-hmm. that one in the back, it's it's probably gone. But I went the other one, to... I don't think anybody's looking at that spot. And I feel like that's probably, you're going to pull that cam. That's going to be one of those that you're like, damn I'm it. A, I'm an idiot. Should have been here. I'm Absolute an idiot. idiot. I knew it. I'm an idiot. Yeah. I knew that this was a spot. But I had a camera stolen this year, and then I've had some cards stolen. And my thing is, is you know what? The guy who's putting in the work at the end of the day is going to kill the deer. And yeah. if you're if you're that kind of person, you got to stoop low enough to steal someone's hard work. Then go ahead, like I'd rather have them take the camera and leave the SD card. But like, I know, yeah, we'll it, steal like, the cards like the lowest of lows. Yeah, you're like, like or just yeah. like put it back in. You know, like download all the pictures, make yeah. yourself feel good, put it back in my. <laughs> delete phone. yourself. I don't yeah. even care. Delete yourself. Get the yeah. intel, and then yeah. put it back in there. Like, <laughs> cool, bro. Like, I. It's just, I feel like people think that that, the reason they do it, people think that one extra trail cam is the reason that someone else is killing and they're not. But in reality, it's the work that they're not putting in, you know, or they just got damn bad luck. Like some people just have bad, bad seasons. It just, it happens, you know what I mean? But I feel like if, if you have a half ass idea what's going on and you put in enough work you're going to get an opportunity. Now, if you capitalize on that opportunity, that's on you. You're yeah. going to get an opportunity or two a year to kill a deer, a, a nice yeah. deer. You know, yeah. and, and that's that's what it comes down to. You either mess up the opportunity or you didn't put enough time in to, to get the opportunity. Because, yeah. like I said, I feel like anywhere in our area, if you sit long enough and you are hunting the wind and you kind of got an idea what the hell you're doing, you're gonna have an opportunity at a buck if you if you put the work in. Is it gonna be an absolutely giant buck? <clears throat> no, because just like you said, you gotta find those. Yeah. And people are always wondering why me and homie are always on giants, but they don't understand how much work that we've put in to find said giants. And I've said yeah. it on this podcast, I don't know how many times. If you find a giant, that giant dies, right? There's a reason that giant was there, and there's a pretty damn good chance if something doesn't ruin that property, there's going to be another giant there eventually. So keep it on the back burner. Keep going in there, and if there's a giant there for some reason, there's another giant going to be there eventually. It's just like that. I shot and lost that giant one in the 190s, and then two years later, there's another 190 there. Like, oh, sheesh. You know, it's you find a spot. There's a reason that they're there. Yep. And the same thing happened to us. We were hunting a 190. It got killed. There's another 190 in there last year. Just wow. if you find those spots. There's a reason those deer are that big. They can get yeah. old enough. They have the genetics in that area. And just because one deer dies doesn't mean all the genetics are gone. The pressure's, you know, yeah. the deer made it that long. So other it's deer are going to be able to get that long too, you know? So. Yeah. In the year between Maybe. that, there was a 188 in there. 
Yeah, yeah. Holy you know, smoke. You find a spot. Be an it's just, yeah, it's yeah. That's the the guy who mounted the 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 world record world record buck mounted that buck the eight pointer killed off that property. So that's how we found him. I was talking to homie about this eight pointer and. Then we seen a picture of it. I was like, holy shit, that's that A-pointer that I was yeah. hunting. And, and it was that guy had showed a picture of it mountain. And I got trail oh. pictures and everything, you know. Almost killed him, 65 yards. Snort wheeze. I have snort wheeze and scared more big bucks than anything. <laughs> that I need to just never snort wheeze. I got a crispy-ass snort wheeze, too. You do, yeah. Oh, that the hell sounds great. Snort wheeze. I don't, but, I don't know. We need to compare that to 14 vodka and diet deep homies snort wheeze and see oh, what, what, how it goes. <laughs> Yours was animated, though. I mean. Yeah, it was really. It, it was over the top. Tree, every deer in a quarter mile would see you. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. no, the guys the guys who are consistently getting it done put in the work. And then there's the guys that just have my dog. There's uh, the guys that just have like stupid crazy luck i know this guy who went down to southern iowa he went hunting one day hung one stand shot a 194 it was yeah. his first buck with a bow that's iowa like, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I i mean there's like, there's don't really good talk luck to me right yeah. now <laughs> there's really good luck and then there's like i've said it on here multiple times too there's really good property yeah half the deer i've killed it's because I had really good property, not because I'm some magnificent bow hunter that knows exactly what the hell is going on. I was on like a freaking, freaking nature place. Like it was just unbelievable. And I probably never, I didn't even know what I had when I had it. You know, I was, I told me didn't get this. He got to see some of the good, good, but he didn't get to see when it was like Jurassic Park and that some bitch. It was insane. <laughs> you know what I mean? Bucks running everywhere. Yeah. That day, a, I, I called homie. I'm like, oh, I'm killing today. I, I think I seen seven shooters in one day, you know, and then I ended up killing. Like, called it. Called out. I killed my target buck that day. You know what I mean? Like, it's oh, insane. We it were just we were hunting this spot, my dad and I. So, my dad's been, like, a big role model for me in the hunting thing. And then my mom's been very supportive, too, and my whole family. But uh, my dad and I were sitting in this stand, and one night we saw seven bucks. I shot and missed uh, like a 150, and then there was like two 160s that come out, and I ended up shooting one of those, and I <clears throat> I lost it because it started to rain, and then we lost all the blood, and the landowner's like, yeah, I found this dead buck down in the creek, and I'm like, the one spot we didn't look, so if you ever shoot deer and lose it, check the ditches <laughs> and check the creek bottoms, but yeah, yeah you just got to put in the work, and it's you got to like, so I'm knocking on all those doors and I hunt quite a few spots, keep the good ones. And if they're like mediocre, maybe stay in contact with the landowner, but just get rid of them. I mean, don't focus on them. Don't waste your time with them. There's spots out here that like, you're never going to see a 140, a 130. You're never going to see one. And then two miles down the road, you might be in 200 inch class deer. I mean, that's how yeah, much it's just like I was saying here, man, there's, there's areas and knock knock doors in those areas yeah. and we thought we found the honey hole lease last year and it just and, and we just decided not to get it this year it's like not we had multiple talks of like it's another place to go but is it really worth it like it yeah. and it, it's not and then you waste you waste you know your your resources on that yeah. property 
you run your trail cameras there, you waste your stands, you waste your time when yep. you already know where there's a giant, like, and you're just searching for another giant. Like, you yeah. know where one's at. And you, we have this one place, and I don't know how many times I'm like, literally, you could kill a 200 inch buck on this place every time you hunt. Like, it's that. <laughs> It's that type of place. It's just magical. You know, I mean, you have no idea what's going on, you know, and they're out there. We've, we've seen them, you know, and no 200, 190s, 190. We can't seem to break that. <laughs> I know that gap. Yeah. I'm real they're good at finding 190s, 200s, or they're, they're hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they're slim. I've only got pictures of two 200s ever, and they're yeah. both from the same year. And they both got killed. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, like I said, I'm real good at getting pictures of like 190 class deer around that yeah. area. And then I don't think we've ever had a picture of a 200, have we? You think? No. 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 Multiple, multiple 180s and 190s, yeah. though. Yeah. We're That's like our, our bread and butter. Every year we got something of that caliber to chase. And most of the time someone else kills them. It's because it's freaking public land most of the time. But yeah yeah absolutely definitely. i've been wanting to go to iowa public land just because it seems like it's just so yeah it's really cool looking ground and that's another theory that i have like there's a lot of timber in iowa there's a lot of farm ground but there's a lot of river bottom timber and that's something that we don't have around here like there's patches of it there's no like big blocks and every time yeah. you get a big blocks you got big bucks and yeah. I feel like that's the difference between Iowa and Illinois uh, is, you know, they have those big blocks of timber that are public. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the honey pressure might be there, but those bucks have enough area to, you know, to get away from the pressure. Where here, we have no public land. Oh, no. And the, the pressure that's on that public land is very high. And most of the time there's limited timber and it's more like open timber and the bucks just, they don't like that shit. You know, they, yeah. they don't want to be in there. And the only reason this they're is in there is because the does might be in there. And then some guy gets lucky and every year, some guy gets lucky on one of the pieces to the South of us and kills a giant. And I love it because every couple of years, a giant, you get drug off of it. And it just, everybody just gravitates to that place. Oh and yeah. The pressure gets higher and higher. Me and homie went in there, walked for miles, and you just can't find a spot that they don't have a stand on it. So it's impossible. You get to a decent-looking spot, stand. Guarantee there's a stand somewhere. And, I mean, I don't know how many times we hunted out there and seen somebody. And then I hunted that same property five, six, seven years ago. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. There's a guy camped out in a van out there. (laughs) Late season. Oh year. my god, dedication! Like old school Winnebago. I'm like, this shit is getting radical. <laughs> yeah, no, I, the the public hunting in Iowa's gotten worse. Uh, I would say, or at least the spots that I've been like running cameras on. But I mean, it's still better than Illinois. But it's so steep. I mean, like you were saying, you get in these bluffs and this the river bottoms and stuff like that. And I feel like there's always genetic freak deer near rivers. And then if you just combine the hilly terrain with it, I mean, these deer can hide and that sort of thing. And there's just, I mean, and you just can't keep up with them as a person. I mean, if you're going up the hill, 
they're watching you. They all bet around the rims and stuff like that. So that's how I do a lot of my shed hunting too. But I mean, with COVID and stuff like that, there were so many more people out in the public land. And then, like you said, you know, like big deer get shot out of there and word travels. And then you have everyone and their cousin out there. And that's kind of how one of my spots went where I was chasing this flyer buck. And this year he was the, I don't think he crossed onto the public this year, but, uh, but last year and like years past, you know, there was just like a 180, 200 inch deer there like every year. And yeah, there's always a booner, but not anymore, but you just got to put in the work and look and then, it's a lot of it's like who you know too. If you know some like little old farmer or whatever, little yeah. old lady, you know, help cut the tree out of her yard or do something. <laughs> right. That's that's but, where the good ones are. Like the we're finding out like the forty and unders are easier to scoop yeah. as a lease or permission. You yeah. get above forty, it's pretty hard. There's someone on yeah. it or it's a no other or, people. Yeah. Yeah. And someone's been burned guys, on it. It's just like nobody wants to give the 40 a shot because it's not enough room to run. We were, tra- yeah. we were talking about that last week and like 40 is enough for deer hunting, but turkey hunting, it just ain't enough. Like no, turkey hunting, turkey. You, need, you, need some, you need some acreage for that. Like you need to be able to move. Yeah, I hunt one spot next to the Ames Airport and it's five acres and I just sit on the edge and in the landowner's yard. And the deer all come out and like, you can see the biggest deer that's in there. And there wasn't a big one there, but I'm like, one day there's going to be a giant in here because yeah. they're either on university property or the city of Ames. And this is just outside the city limits. So hopefully fingers crossed there'll be a yeah. one day. Don't man. sleep on the city limits, bucks. That's we kill the city <laughs> well, limit, buck, I, man. I told my roommate, I said, so what happens if you shoot a deer and it takes off across the runway and gets smoked by a jet? Like, <laughs> you're gonna, like, we're just gonna walk away from the situation or what yeah yeah pretty, pretty much I, I would say so i killed yeah. one and homie went and scouted and shed hunt that property and he was like i was walking this real good bedding and then i was just in some dude's backyard <laughs> i was like yeah i said i killed a buck and it died in that guy's backyard and i had to yeah. go tell him i was like hey uh I need to track blood through your backyard and uh, he let me drag it out through his yard instead of dragging it through the rest of the property. But homie's like, yeah, I'm walking this real thick bedding. And then it's just this mowed grass backyard. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's, we're right there, man. These does are bedding right on the edge, you know? Yeah. But I think there's something about those city bucks. I don't know if they're, I think they're more like they smell people more. They hear weird sounds and shit more. There's dogs barking, doors banging. So I think you can like hang and hunt on those a little easier than you can uh, like a, a, a regular buck or, yeah. you know, a buck that's real deep into shit. I think the same thing about my suburban piece out here. Like the does are, they're, there's so many of them and, you shouldn't be able to get away with what you get away with. Like, it's just silly. You know, you're, you're sitting there, you're like, okay, this is the 12th doe that's been, I'm eight foot up in this tree and no cover. And there's 12 does that walk by me. Like, it, but that one, went, that one doe smelled the base of my steps, yeah. then walked out and I killed it. I was like, what are you doing? But it wouldn't take much to screw it up though. That's kind of like my no, small yeah. spot here. Like if I'm in there two or three times, then like they're gonna catch up. But I I sat I sat like ten feet from the road with my bow, and I had the big there was a ten pointer. It was like 140 inches, the biggest deer on the farm, 
in the five acres next to the airport. And he came out and I saw him. I was like, yeah, he's not big enough. So I just walked, walked back through their yard, hopped in my truck and left. And like, he didn't even move, which in some ways isn't hunting, but uh, I mean, he's still a wild animal. He was just, he just thought I was the landowner putting out bird seed in his feet or something. But yeah. Take advantage of, uh, of, uh, what you can. So to kind of end this up, I think we should name this Iowa versus Illinois, homie. What do you think? That's kind of what we're talking about most of it. Uh, That'd be good. We got pheasants here too. That's a good thing. We got, we got, we got the pheasant spot. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We got, we got that a lot, but, uh, uh, let's say top three things we love about Illinois, top three things we hate about Illinois, and then you can do Iowa. That sound good. All okay. Right. You think you can nail that homie? Uh, I, I can at least come up with a couple. Okay. I can come uh, I'll up go first. Uh, I'm probably going to steal a couple. I don't like that we can't mineral in Illinois, and you guys can. I think that's crap, like out-of-season mineral. Um, we love to be able to do that. Um, I just want it for the trail cam picks. That's all I want it for. I just want big velvet, 37,000 different angles of a giant buck looking right in the camera over a mineral site. So that's number one for me. Um, number two, I want that freaking muzzleloader season in October because uh, we would slaughter. Uh, that's just a good time for us. I was thinking about how many bucks like you're, you don't want to make a move on because you're like, man, if I get real close to him right now, I'm going to booger him up when he maybe is, you know, more apt to daylight. Yeah. But if you could set up like 150 yards away from him and be like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I'm good. I'm way out of the range. I'm not going to bump him. Your your odds of killing him would go way up because you'd just be able to throw more hunts out of him and still be within kill range with a muzzleloader. So yeah. not having that is, I think, an awesome factor. And then the public land, just not having the amount of public land you guys have is just devastating to me. Uh, we just don't have anything. Like, it's very small little chunks and if it is a little chunk there's a bunch of guys on it um three things i do love about illinois oh also i'll throw a fourth one on homie you, you can go ahead and mention this one the turkey season in illinois is dog shit name it calling it right now uh absolute trash if you unless you're a landowner illinois turkey season is the bottom of the barrel for any turkey season out there calling it right now that is just it's just terrible but uh, I love that we have giant bucks that are there. If you can find bucks that aren't heavy pressured still and that will daylight pretty regularly, if you just got to put the work in. Um, I like that our our tag system, we get two bucks. Like, that's killer. Like, two bucks with a bow, you know, one gun buck. You can't kill two gun bucks, can you, homie? Yeah, if you have two tags. I yeah. believe so. And if you have a CWD county, test. yeah, I mean that's yeah that's that yeah that's CWD is that's a, that's a low key Logan Sellers move right there. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, number three, I don't know, man, I don't know. What do I like, homie? You go. I'll think of something else. What do you got? Uh, I don't have any more that I like. Uh, something I don't like is the October first start date. I'd really yeah. love to see the September 1 come into play, at least September 15th at a minimum. September 15th at a minimum. I don't know how would you, many. Would you want to shrink the back end 
or keep it. Yeah, we can shrink it. We, we can cut it at uh, the December thirty first. We can we can cut her there if we get the if we get the front end. It's still yeah, we'd be we'd be we would be devastating if we could hunt. We would the fifteenth, man. No be, question about it. Um, and we got it, we have we have daylight bucks like multiple until like the twenty first of September, and then it's just a god. Yeah, crazy. They know it's coming. We got like a the week before season, ten days before season. They're they're out of there. Huh. Game more, homie, or no? I I, th- I think Cody ripped them all off there. So yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I kind of so, screwed. One thing I love about Iowa is the one tag, because like I feel like you're more picky, but that's something I don't like about Iowa too, because I wish I could hunt the entire rut. Uh, another thing I like about it is we can supplement. Uh, that's big for me because I could put out one camera over like a mineral pile. And I can essentially know every single deer in that area. Like you might get de- new deer to show up in the fall, but like you get a pretty good gist of like what's in the area. So that's nice. And something else I like is uh, Illinois youth season is like in October. And it's like only like, what is it a three day weekend? Yeah. Okay. Iowa's youth season starts in like the middle of September and runs like for t- through two or three weeks. So I like taking out youth kids and like, since I've been at Iowa State, I've taken out two, uh, two young, a young lady and a young man, and then uh, so like that's nice because in September I'm like, well, we might shoot the biggest deer on the farm today because yeah. it's the middle of September and he doesn't even know what's going on. And you can you know use your gun and and we can shoot 350 Legend here, which is a straight wall cartridge, so yeah. that's cool. Um, they uh they just passed that for Illinois. Um, straight walls so dude that gun's sweet i see a lot of people i just bought that muzzle last year and i was like i've been doing a lot of reading on the 350 i'm like man i might have messed up i might have messed up that seems like the ticket real convenient to just have a shell that you put in and shoot you know compared to a muzzleloader but i bought it doesn't drop yeah it's like hard hitting like this so i took this young kid out this year and uh uh in northeast iowa and he shot this deer and this deer went flying down the hill i mean he just rolled it i'm filming you know and i was on the wrong deer this deer goes sailing over the hill i mean like but that's the only reason why i'd probably shotgun hunting in iowa would be to use that cartridge because i have to use my muzzleloader in muzzleloader season but yeah and then the only thing i would probably change is get rid of the deer driving in in iowa i mean this is it's a good thing for like family and I'm probably going to make some people offended on here. Cause like they do it for their family, family groups and stuff like that. And, and I've been a part of them and they are pretty fun and stuff like that. But man, there's just a lot of deer that get wounded and like lost and stuff like that. And, I mean, that happens no matter what, when you're hunting. Right. But yeah. I don't know. Hey homie, have you ever told me, told the, the Amish story on here? The oh. Amish coyote hunt story. Yeah, yeah, I, I did talk about it briefly there when, like, the but that that makes me think of like the uh, the deer drives. We have some deer drives over here, mm-hmm. but homie went on this I, this Amish coyote hunt. They just it did was it. The most uh, radical thing I ever they, heard in my they, life. They did it in deer season this year. They did it uh, the first weekend of the uh, new year. Yeah, I was. Re- oh my god! I was like, what? So what happens is, I mean. The Amish put on this coyote hunt. 
um, in order to get into the hunt, you have to submit your land to be hunted on. And oh. um, my wife's grandpa and my wife's uncle uh, have like 200 acres and they submitted their land. So that's also good because you get to walk the neighbor's piece. And I don't know about anybody else, but I was doing a little more deer scouting walking around than I was doing coyote hunting. But literally, they, they drop you off every 30 to 35 yards around the whole country block. And everybody just starts walking towards the center <laughs> with shotguns. <laughs> yeah. And um, obviously, like, uh, you kind of have to sign a, a waiver type thing. Um, if there's any deer, like, you have to kneel down and let the deer go um, by you. You can't pick up any sheds. Um, just can't mess with any wildlife other than a, a coyote. And um, I tell you what, man, like, that's a way to clean them out for sure because – there's a lot of shooting when you see one, but it like when you get down to the last, you know, 300 yards, like I'm, I'm slowing way the hell down and letting everybody else just take the charge, man. Damn coyote ain't worth all that to me, but uh, yeah. to see some guys just like go World right War in there is radical as hell. Holy shit. Yeah. The guys out here run dogs. So they were running their dogs a couple of weeks ago and they got those fast dogs. I don't know what they're called, but. I don't do much coyote hunting. There's bobcats here. Yeah. Boxes, yeah, I just, I, I'm just, I'm assuming that that, like, those deer are already, like, kind of on edge. And then those Amish people go through there and just, those deer are like, I'm out. Yeah. There's 30 people in this place. I'm out. You know, the, <laughs> I didn't just Amish get bumped. People. I got bumped, and then I got bumped, and then I got bumped. You know, I'm, I'm out of this place. So, yeah, the Amish people, they shoot a lot of deer and they, you know, they utilize everything they do, but, up in northeast Iowa, you know, they'll shoot like 30, 40 deer in their group because there's a ton of does up in northeast Iowa. You just see this small flatbed go by full of deer. It's just crazy, but they, they I would I would almost everything. bet you that the world record buck is in some Amish dude's barn right now. Oh, like I those guys it. are legit hunters. They do not hold back. They kill the crap out of stuff. And I've talked to a lot, like at trade show and stuff, and they're good hunters. They like Dude, they know what's going on. You know what I mean? This guy takes big deer. Like, yeah, this guy I met this year. Uh, he was the neighbor, and I heard that he shot this big deer. So I thought he shot that four year old, and it has to be like the dad to this four year old. And he's like, "Yeah, I don't know. Like I've rough scored it like one seventy eight. And I'm like what the hell? So I drive down there. I grab one of my Amish friends and we go over to this house. Who's his cousin. And he shows me this deer and it's, he just got it skull mounted 178, 178 inch deer. It's huge. And I'm like, Holy shit, dude. He's like, yeah, I just shot it. Like the first day out, I shot it like five 30 and I shot it on my 10 acres off my like back door. I'm like, what? I've never seen yeah. this deer. I'm running like 15 cameras all around him. Never seen the deer, and it's huge. And he, they don't tell anyone about it. They're no, good yeah, I'm telling you, there's there's a guy that lives off some really good property, and he owns a little piece right next to it, but it's been a club, and I can tell that that guy's been, like, shed hunting that club quite a bit. You drive past his house, there's just, like, 80-inch white, been laying out in the sun for 32 years, sheds, like, just a pile of them. I'm like, dude, that guy's got the good ones inside. You know it. He's this bit out here scooping. Don't know where he lives, lives or don't know his name. Tiny ass house. 
got a bunch of skull plates on his garage, you know, and you're like, that guy's got some giants in there. You just know it. And nobody knows. Like, nobody knows what he has. And I guarantee you, like, the world record buck is literally in some freaking Amish dude's, Mennonite's dude's garage. He's like, yeah, I shot that couple years ago pretty solid deer (laughs) yeah like no that thing's that's things you know i i can see it now just those guys are legit but we don't have a lot of little amish or mennonites around us Um, but i know in iowa there's there's quite a few yeah not so much here in central iowa but that goes for like everything like there's some of these guys here you know like i was told like hey this guy shot this deer i thought he shot the flyer buck and so I was going to bring in the sheds and turns out he's got the shed off the eight pointer I shot, but, uh, he's like, yeah, I shot this deer, you know, a couple of years ago. And there's just like 211 inch deer there. And some of these people, some of these people that like shoot the biggest deer, they don't want nothing to do with it. Like no record book, nothing like that. Yeah. So the biggest deer is not in the record book in my opinion. Yeah. But we had a buddy of mine. going to get my deer uh, scored. <laughs> yeah. We had a buddy of mine named James Wheeler on and that guy's like a low-key absolute giant slayer got you go to his house you're like damn there's just giants everywhere sheds everywhere you know and he came on the podcast like episode 10 or 15 or something way back in the day and like that's the kind of guy that you want to hear from you're like this guy's just out there you know, and he actually passed the buck that I killed this year with a bow, like a couple days before I killed it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, sorry, bro. <laughs> yeah, bad. there's there's one guy that sticks out in my mind in Illinois, and his name was, I don't know if he's still alive or what, but his name is Don Pottinger. And I remember when I was a little kid, my dad was just taking me out to hunting. We'd go inside his barn, and he had a pool table, and he had a shed pile that was like five feet tall, six feet wide, just full. And on his wall was like 170, 180, 190, 190, 190, like just huge deer. And I remember as a kid, I was just baffled, like, whoa, look at these big deer. I just couldn't believe it. And I've always wanted to get back there and just like, hey, this is who I grew up to be sort of thing. But hell, I don't even know where he lives, but it's yeah. crazy. So, yeah. Well, all right, man. Well, we appreciate you coming on, telling your story. Um, more or less just bullshit with us for an hour here or so. But uh, yeah. I the best thing about this podcast is having guys on like you. We met Logan because of the podcast. Now we met you because of the podcast. And yep. I'm hoping I get a text message from you in Iowa saying, man, I just slapped a big one, you know. And that that's what this pod, the literally the best thing that's come out of this podcast for us is just yeah. guys messaging us. And most podcasts wouldn't want to have you on because you're, you're not bringing any – you know, you're not a big name or something that's going to bring a lot of yeah. listeners. But we think it's valuable to have you on because yeah. people can relate to you more than they can someone else. So hopefully the listeners got some value for this from this. And, uh, homie, you got anything else to say? Oh, man, that was uh, just like Cody said, it's good to meet somebody else who's got the same drive that, you know, we do and we share and uh, just add you into the, the, friend, the circle of friends that we got. Yeah, is uh, is there anywhere on Instagram that people can reach out to you if they want to connect with yeah. you or anything? Yeah, so if anyone wants to reach out to me, my Instagram's uh, Grant underscore Watson forty two. And so if you're if you go to Iowa State or if you're coming out here or just some, want someone to show you around too, I mean, 
I ain't going to show you my spots, but I can point you in the right direction. Easily. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, so it's just Grant underscore Watson 42, and, and uh, that's all I got. All right, man. Well, just like we always say, uh, try to do the right thing. Try to leave a legacy, and Whitetail Legacy is out. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.